But it is time to hear this week's Wednesday's dinner recipe and some stories about vegans, apparently, and standing in for Gary O'Hanlon for the next little while here on Lunchtime Live is celebrity chef Paul Travaux, who joins me now on the line. Welcome to the programme, Paul. Hi, Susan. How are you? Good, thank you. What is for dinner this Wednesday, Paul? Well, the whole team that I've been doing over the last few weeks uh, with Kira is simplicity. So people who are basically, you know, afraid to cook. So we've done me. a roast chicken. <laughs> we've done a roast chicken. We've done a rack of pork. And basically, we just threw it in the oven. So today we're going to take it up a notch, but we're going to make it really simple. We're going to make a beautiful lamb stew stroke curry because Irish people are odd. If they hear stew, they go, no, that's for the winter. It's not in the summer. So for today, we're going to call it a curry instead. So here's what we need. A big pot. And we're going to put in, and don't worry, I'm going to tweet this on from my Twitter handle there, at Paul Travo, the exact ingredients. So we're going to get two to two and a half pounds of diced lamb. We're going to chop up two or three carrots, bite size. Same with a large onion, bite size, about seven or eight cloves of garlic. Get a punnet of mushrooms, and it doesn't matter which type, just half them or quarter them. Again, make them bite size. One tin of chopped tomatoes, a big dollop of tomato puree, a little bit of Thai green curry. You can get these small jars anywhere. And here's the big twist on it. Three tablespoons of jar mint sauce. Simple. Mm, okay, okay, so very, very simple. A little bit of salt and pepper, a beef stock cube, you know, one of the jelly ones because they melt into it uh, nice and easy. And then top all that up with red wine. And if you don't like the alcohol, just top it up with water. It won't taste as good, but however. And then put the lid on it so there's no cooking, there's no frying, there's no nothing. Put it on a tray into an oven, 150 degrees Celsius for about two, two and a half hours. Even if you forgot it and left it for three, it won't make any difference. So there's absolutely no pressure of cooking. You're throwing a load of stuff into a pot and banging it into the oven again for two and a half hours. And would you have that with some potato or rice or what would you have it with? Well, the way things are going now at the moment, we couldn't have potatoes because the millennials (laughs) don't eat potatoes. But yes, you have it with a big dollop of mashed potato or a nice little bit of rice or a little bit of pompadoms or anything you want. But it's the whole ease of how it is to cook, literally just throw it into you know people stress when they hear stuff frying in a pot or a pan they think it's burning or whatever so this is all going in cold now can you improve on it of course you can but for people who are afraid to cook this is absolutely foolproof and i guarantee you one of the nicest stews or nicest curries you'll ever have Okay, that sounds brilliant. And as Paul said, we will put that up on, or he'll put it up on his Twitter. Uh, we'll retweet it so you'll be able to get that recipe if it's something that you want to do this Wednesday night. Now, Paul, you wanted to talk about the weird ingredients that you find in food. Tell us a little bit about this. So as we speak, Susan, there's guys over in Radio Japan going, those crazy Irish, they eat the inside stomachs of sheep and cows, and they think we're mad. But they're de- so that's what we know as tripe. These guys sit down to a beautiful bowl of tuna eyeballs, and that's one of their local delicacies. So it just goes to show you around the world, whatever we have, it's just as weird from a different country. Now, apparently, they taste rather tame, but uh, it's a bit similar to squid or octopus or something like that. But I don't know about you, but I, I think... Do they look that, like eyeballs? Have oh, you seen them? One, they are 100% eyeballs. These things are in a bowl looking back at you, going, are you sure you want to eat me? But these guys, it's a delicacy in Japan. So, And another thing that they eat in Japan as well, it's called cherry blossom meat, which what we know as as horse meat. Now, my father is Swiss, uh, so we'd have, eaten, we'd have eaten horse meat plenty of time over in Switzerland, Germany, Austria, and of course, I think there's a particular uh, shopping uh, market that was quite famous for bringing horse meat to the forefront, but the Japanese have it raw, served on its raw. own or, part of a, or even like a part of a sushi. Now, I'd be all in favour of steak tartare, but raw horse meat... I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. But it gets worse. It gets worse, right? We'll go over to Iceland now. 
Now, anybody from Iceland is going to kill me here for how I pronounce it, but it's called hakarl, and it's basically the rotting carcass of a basking shark. Then they bury it underground in a shallow pit and they press it with stones. And here's why. So that all the poisonous internal fluids are kind of like squashed out of it. And then it's washed in cold water, drained. And this apparently is now safe to eat. But then they hang it out to dry and they cut it into strips and serve it. And they they still think we're weird for eating the inside of a cow's stomach. Well, you've definitely put me off, put me <laughs> off my lunch. In terms of raw meat, though, um, Paul, yeah. like, is it not dangerous to eat raw meat? No. So first of all, so steak tartare is one of the nicest dishes you'll ever have, providing it's used right. So you basically get a lovely piece of fillet of beef and you dice it up there and then. So bacteria, say in mince meat, you wouldn't do it with ready mince meat because the bacteria has already kind of gone inside it. Now, when you cook it out, that kills the bacteria. But if, you've, uh, if you're if you using a beautiful, fresh piece of meat that you just dice it there and then, and it's all done cold, and it's all done in a nice, sterile uh, area, then it's absolutely fantastic. So steak tartare, I have to admit, it's one of my favorite dishes out there when it's done, when it's done properly. You wouldn't eat raw chicken. You wouldn't go anywhere near that because that's got salmonella. So you've got to cook all that out, obviously. But raw beef, absolutely. I mean, when you look at raw fish for sushi and everything. Well, sushi is so yeah. popular now. But I did order actually steak tartare one time in a restaurant on holidays, but I didn't know that that was what I was ordering. <laughs> and then it arrived out on the plate and I was like, there is a, not a hope in hell I am eating it. this. Didn't even try it. Did, didn't even try the tiniest bite of it. Oh, you're serious. You should have had a little whiskey with it. It would have been perfect. <laughs> Are we adventurous? though Paul when it comes to things like that like when we're away you mentioned there the tuna eyeballs and the horse meat are we adventurous or are we quite conservative when it comes to trying out kind of new things I, I, I think traditionally Irish people are very conservative and I think it goes back to we'd say the mammy particularly in rural Ireland who'd put in the leg of lamb in the agar for six hours and then would slice it and then reheat it just to make sure it was definitely cooked so we always had really well done meat with two bits of veg and, and a few spuds and that's what we kind of traditionally ate all the time we've come an awful lot more adventurous now but even um, when anybody comes into the restaurant here in Killarney and they ask for a well done steak I say look of course you can have a well done but how about you try medium well so there's no blood in it it'll look a little bit pink but you'll see a huge difference in as to how tender it is and it's well worth trying and if you don't like it we'll we'll take it back in and we'll cook it a bit more and how do it, people respond to you actually do, when you ab- do that yeah absolutely I mean when you think about it it's like us going into a doctor and he says you know I'm going to do a, a kind of a, an operation on your leg and you say oh, no but I, how about you go in for the arm you go, well actually I know what I'm talking about so actually you know what you're dead right doc go ahead so there's no problem you eat your meat whatever way you want it you're the one who's paying for the bill but if somebody if you say to me you're afraid of seeing blood, then I say, well, then have it medium well. There's no blood in medium well. And it's just cooked and it's slightly bit pink. But the difference in as to how tender it is is just amazing. And you'll eventually, we have people here that start off on, on well done and they're down to medium, even medium rare now at this stage. Because in my opinion, it makes a massive difference. And here's a great tip for when you're going into a restaurant. You also get a much better cut of meat when you ask for it lower cooked. Because if you ask for a well done, it's going to be as tough as nails anyway. So you might get the end of the strip loin. But if you ask for it medium, well, then you get the nicest piece of, nice, beautiful, tender piece of beef in every restaurant. You also get a bit of an eye roll, if you say, (laughs) medium or well done. 
No, I mean, like at the, as I said, like at the end of the day, it's, it's you who's eating it. So, I mean, you can have it whatever way you want. We would suggest it, but if you say, no, look, I really want to go, well done, say, okay, grant, no problems at all. Whatever way you want to eat it. Of course, you go into some fancy restaurant that's like, oh, the chef only cooks it medium rare. <laughs> um, Paul, tell us a little bit about this technique that you claim uh, to have that will make kids eat more fruit. Now, you're saying it's a 100% guaranteed technique. I'm going to try this out later on, so um, I'm going to prove whether it is or not. But tell us about Okay, so when you think about it, and we're, we're trying to get our kids to eat more fruit and veg, and they go, no, no, I'm going to have the packet of crisps, or I just want the sweet, or I want the chocolate, or whatever, it's because it's convenient for them to go straight in and take it out of the shelf or take it out of the cupboard and work away in their sweets. For fruit, the likes of pineapples and melons, if it's sitting in your fruit bowl, well, then you've got to get up, and you've got to get it ready, and you've got to slice it, and it's, it's, it's just too much time-consuming. Now, I said to Kira before last week or the week before, the problem with fruit in Ireland is we're importing everyone else's muck, so it's not ripe, it's not ready. So in order to do this, get a pineapple today or get a gallium melon or get a lovely cantaloupe melon today. Mm. Have it there in the house for about six, seven days until it gets lovely and ripe. And then you peel it, you slice it, you put it into the fridge, and then it's now convenient for the kids to go in and get it. And try them on something because a ripe pineapple is sweeter than any packet of Skittles or Smarties you get anywhere. The beautiful sugar, natural sugars that are in it. As and is the melon. The melon is, the is melon. lovely and Absolutely sweet. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. So you get them going on that and it's all of a sudden, so you just open up the fridge and, and the kids can then just grab it. Get a punnet of strawberries, pick off the little green bit on it and leave it in the fridge or sometimes it's nicer just outside of the fridge so it's not too cold and now all of a sudden it's just really easy for the kids and don't even say anything to the kids you just go get one or two and all of a sudden they're watching you going just, just pick that up and eat it it's because it's so convenient that they'll go after it straight away and then you can become adventurous like a ripe mango some of the mangoes you get that are in the shops now at the moment you'd be as well off to eat your shoe there's more flavour in your shoe but to get a lovely ripe mango it's just it's like honey it's absolutely stunning that's how you get kids to eat more fruit so you take the hard work out of it and have it all ready to go in a bowl so it's very, very easy. It's as quick as grabbing something else. They don't have to peel it. You're taking the work out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because kids, they're kids <coughs> at the end of the day. So they, they don't want to be doing things like that. Yeah. Just open up a packet of sweets and take them out and eat them. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard. Even get an orange. Even if you cut an orange into four or six, depending on the size of it, and leave it in the fridge. And I mean, we used to all eat them when we were playing soccer or Gaelic when we were kids growing up. The, the coach would bring a bag of sectioned oranges you know, at half time you'd be chewing away into it whether you liked orange or not but it's just it was handy and it was there so you just started eating them so that's what we got to do for kids just make it really simple for them and let them belt. They'll, kids are they'll belt away at their own accord once they see it there yeah absolutely okay well I'm going to try more of that I do a little bit of that I try to have it organised uh, and you know my daughter does love fruit blueberries raspberries strawberries so once they're there if they're in a bowl she will tend to go for them but go. Uh, I'm definitely going to get a little bit more adventurous with that but uh, Chef Paul Travolta thanks so much for talking to us on Lunchtime Live and that lamb stew curry for tonight give us your Twitter handle so people can find the recipe T-R-E-Y-V-A-U-D and I'll tweet it to you guys straight away so everybody will be able to see it from your Twitter Okay perfect thanks for talking to us this Wednesday Paul talk to you again